0: Thank you.
2: Welcome to the Road to Wire Fantasy Football Podcast. It is Tuesday, December 6th, 2016. I'm Jake Letarski here alongside Eric Couture. If you're out there on Twitter, you can follow Eric at ETCAT30. You can follow me at JakeSki52. Uh, one quick reminder if you happen to be listening on iTunes or Stitcher please leave us a nice rating and review if you have the time because Eric and I we're both in the playoffs quite a bit we're going to help you guys throughout the playoffs here me personally I'm in in three of four leagues and there's one league that's still shaky for me that uh it plays all the way through week 14 before the playoffs how about you
1: Yeah I'm exactly the same as you three out of four leagues uh unfortunately um lost the undefeated season this week no. this week barely all the way in week 13 yeah made it made it to 12 and 0 Jeez. That's, that's easy. That is disfar- heartbreaking. That's, that's so heartbreaking. But now I have a buy... And can regroup, so you know. There we go. Focus yeah. on uh, week uh, <laughs> fifteen and sixteen.
2: Yeah, basically it went this way for me. I mean, if my David Johnson shares, I'm getting first round buys. My if my first round pick was Devonte Freeman, I'm right on the fringe, maybe gonna make it, maybe not. If my first round pick was Rob Gronkowski, I'm out. See you by Felicia. So that's kind of how it breaks down as Did, far as my first round
1: picks. So you, you didn't get like uh, Antonio Brown or any of the elite wideouts. I,
2: my earliest pick in the draft was uh, third this year, so I never got a chance to take Antonio Brown. I did you must have, have got David Johnson then. Yeah, I, I did yeah. I got David Johnson in that league and like I I mean I have a share of Odell Beckham, but uh, that's a keeper league where I got to keep
1: sure. both Beckham and Johnson's. Yeah, what's the price again? Is it's something ridiculous. Yeah, I got right?
2: David Johnson at two bucks, and I get yeah. him at two bucks next year, too. <laughs> I, I can only hold on to him for two years, but the price there's no price increase penalty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean speaking of that, like I've got I've got Odell Beckham at fifty two, but I've got Mike Evans at forty two. So I think next year I'm gonna take another ten bucks to auction, take Evans at forty-two over Odell
1: at fifty-two. I would yeah, let people definitely. shell out
2: money. For Odell, see what happens there, and then I'll go in with Evans and,
1: and Johnson and 155 dollars to spend. I mean, those two might end up as as the number one rated, you know, guys or mm-hmm. rank guys at their positions yeah. by year's end. Yeah, I still think Antonio <laughs> Brown will
2: take the receivers, but no, Mike I, Evans I, is going to be right up there, probably sure. ahead of Julio Jones, maybe ahead of Beckham, anyways. So yeah, like it's going to be really close. I
1: mean, we're going to be mentioning a Julio Jones' injury and some of the some of the residuals, uh, residual Absolutely. effects of that soon. Mm-hmm. But yes,
2: yeah. So, so, yeah, like we said, we're both in the playoffs. We're going to stay in the playoffs, hopefully, and continue to help our listeners that are in the playoffs to make the best waiver wire pickups as possible here. We're going to start off with a quick recap of the Monday night football game. The Colts just trouncing the sorry Jets 41 to 10. Uh, I mean, in New York, I mean, just uh, the Jets falling to three and nine. Uh, there's a lot to talk about this game. I mean, this is a very good candidate to uh, to turn off at halftime because of the blowout nature here. But Let's talk about the losing side. The biggest thing that comes out, comes to mind here is uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick after going five for 12 for 81 and an interception he was benched at halftime in favor of bryce petty who seemed to fall in love with robbie anderson who was targeted 12 times in this game what do you make of that eric robbie Anderson. Well, i mean it's I mean, probably petty just or anderson. it's
1: probably it's probably just uh yeah when it comes to robbie anderson at the very least uh mm-hmm. it's probably just uh the guy who he's actually built up a rapport with in practice <laughs> yeah, and he feels unit. most comfortable with him mm-hmm. yeah exactly. I, I did look it up to see like how many of Brandon Marshall's eight targets happened in the second half, mm-hmm. and five of them. So I mean, he was still, still he was still looking at Marshall. I mean, you can't not look at him, right?
2: Yeah. If Jay Cutler's <laughs> taught us anything, it's force the ball to Brandon Marshall, and maybe you'll be able to win six games a year doing that.
1: The, the, the unfortunate thing about it is his three catches with Bryce Penny at Bryce Petty under center were less than 10 yards. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, there were short passes. When when Petty was looking deep, he was looking to Robbie Anderson. And yeah. I don't necessarily advocate Robbie Anderson moving forward. I mean, here's no. a, a two-quarterback league update. I mean, Bryce Petty's going to start the rest of the season. So this is what we're no. working with now. We're working with Bryce Petty moving forward. And he likes going deep to Robbie Anderson. I still think that gives Marshall's value a little bit of a knock. It might even knock Forte's value a little bit. Forte used sparingly. Nine carries for 25 yards, three catches for 54 yards. So if it was a PPR league, at least like he, I mean, even he, he didn't completely wreck it, but mm-hmm. probably cost some owners some playoff chances as did Brandon Marshall with his four for 43 yard performance here. So, uh, so yeah, giving, giving some fantasy owners, some, uh, some tough times, some fits this week for sure.
1: Yeah. And like Indy's secondary is still a little bit banged up. So it's kind of surprising. They weren't even, they weren't a- yeah. able to get like a consistent passing game going.
2: Yeah. I mean, at least uh, like Vontae Davis is healthy finally. And that's, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's, that's key. That's like the he was on them. He was on Marshall. Yeah, but their free safety, Clayton Gathers and their cornerback, Patrick Robinson, they're both a little bit banged up with respective injuries. So something mm-hmm. to continue to watch uh, heading into the week. Next week, if you are in the fantasy playoffs, the uh, Colts will be taking on uh, the Texans. So, you know, a nice indoor game there for fantasy purposes. What about the winning side here? The biggest thing with the Colts, Andrew Luck, of course, he's back from concussion. Uh, 22 for 28, 278 yards, uh Four touchdowns on the day a qbr of 98.6 remember a perfect qbr is 100 quarterback rating of 147.6 the guy was just a stud didn't miss a beat whatsoever his favorite target in the field between the 20s was ty hilton who caught nine for a 446 and a touchdown very productive in his return his favorite target in the red zone however dwayne allen four for 72 and three freaking touchdowns on the day
1: i don't know if you're like me but i cut dwayne allen in a league did you uh, I, I actually had no shares of him at all this year. Right. I, don't, I don't think I've ever owned Dwayne Allen. Yeah. I, I mean, there
2: were there <laughs> always, like, sometimes where maybe, I mean, but it was always Dwayne Allen and Colby Fleener are competing. Sure. And everyone thought, okay, maybe Dwayne Allen can work his way into tight end one territory, but then it was Jack Doyle getting all the targets. Jack Doyle yeah. in this game, four for 30 on four targets, so efficient, but not
1: productive necessarily. Yeah, and, like, I, I, I want to look into this, but, uh, yeah, like, Dwayne Allen, how many red zone targets does he have, you know, this year? Cuz all of, all of, all of these touchdowns obviously came in the red zone, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's <clears> someone <throat> that has always
2: been looked to in the red zone. I mean, yeah. when we when we talked about the when the Colts still had Colby Fleener, the breakdown was Fleener between the 20s, Dwayne Allen in the red zone, and he's always had, you know, been a decent
1: reliable source of uh, you know, red zone red zone targets. I mean, so yeah, in the first 9 games, he only had six red zone targets. Mhm and yesterday yeah. three and in
2: 2015 and over 13 games he had four red zone targets in 2014 over uh 13 games he had nine red zone targets so uh you know it, it seems really like hard an anomaly up, right yeah, it's really hard to pick out trends from this now just like people overreacted and sat brandon cooks last week for example or sat antonio gates or something along those lines <laughs> everyone's going to overreact a little bit and probably try to work dwayne allen in the lineups I'm not so sure that's a great idea. Yeah. But we'll talk I, about that in the tight end,
1: especially against the Texans. Like mm-hmm. Jared cook really wasn't able to do anything against, uh, you mm-hmm. know, the Texans this past weekend. I'm, yeah, I mean, unfortunately the snow there was snow, the snow but, had something to yeah. do with
2: it, of course. But uh, yeah, we'll talk about the tight end situation later on. Uh, just something to keep in mind moving forward. Uh, standard disclaimers for the waiver wire portion here. All fab recommendations are going to be based on a 12 team standard format with a $100 budget. Uh, I don't didn't take a whole lot of percent own figures. It's more or less, so I will rate these guys and we'll check it out. But you know, If I look at those, uh, it'll probably be pretty current here, Uh, you know, and that's gonna adjust, of course, as first come, first serve waivers process. Uh, One good thing about week 14, Eric. No more bye weeks. We had the fluky, weird Tennessee and Cleveland bye weeks, but now we can go back to picking on the Browns in terms of defensive matchups, and and we got a full slate to work with here. So it's the playoffs right on time. No bye weeks here. But I do want to quick discuss playoff waiver wire strategy. Uh, The two main points being, one, you can't take it with you, and of course that's your fab money it is. You might as well use it if you have any left. And two, kind of going hand in hand with that, it is vitally important to block other owners from getting top tier players that we mentioned. Even if you're set at wide receivers, you have three stud wide receivers. If there's a receiver on the waiver wire that's
1: better than somebody on your bench, you have to go out and pick them up. Yeah, I I totally agree with that. Mm -hmm. I mean, personally, I I went out, well, I've been hanging on to Tyler Lockett all year, just waiting for a breakout, Mm -hmm. and I just got tired of him dropped him last week for Marcus Wilson mm-hmm. in our in the stake league, our stake league. Mm-hmm. And then Tyler Lockett goes off and Marcus Wilson gets injured after four plays. Yeah,
2: he has a groin injury. So fluky, but this week <laughs> around you're going to probably drop Marcus Wilson and pick up another better receiver sure. and leave someone to maybe take a risk with him, but yeah. All right. We'll get into this position by position. Excuse me. Starting with the quarterbacks, last week we talked about uh, Colin Kaepernick and Matt Barkley. Of course, Colin Kaepernick just ruining the playoff aspirations of anyone who decided they wanted to pick him up and start him. Granted, it snowed. You can't blame us for that. Kaepernick sucks. Maybe you can blame us for that. But uh, at least, Eric, you're free uh, because I was with DVR last week. Uh, Both of us equally guilty. (laughs) Anyway, two-quarterback league update here. We'll do a little better this time around. Bryce Petty started the second half. It's the end of the Fitzmadrigal. Fitzpatrick era. I always say Fitz, Fitz Magic. I think it's a Chris Benzine thing. Whenever he refers to him, he likes to talk. talk that, Fitz, Fitz Magic? Yeah. Oh, I didn't. I didn't realize. I that. don't know. That's pretty. That, that's Benzine's way to uh, say I'm going to use him in DFS this week, and <laughs> Magic's going to happen. Not the case so far. But uh, yeah. okay. So Bryce Petty uh, started the second half. He's going to start the rest of the way out. Blaine Gabbard, of course, replaced Colin Kaepernick, uh, who's just just terrible, just got awful. I mean, we could spend this whole show talking about what a piece of garbage Colin Kaepernick is, but we'll kind of move on from that.
1: Um, I mean, are you talking about as a player more than a, you know his personal stances?
2: Um, you know, you can talk about that in multiple uh, instances. Yeah. I'm salty because I thought, okay, I'm going to drop Carson Wentz for Colin Kaepernick this week mm-hmm. because Mariota's on a bye, and, uh, you know, I ended up, I lost out on second-place points, which was a cash position by about eight points, and that's the difference between the Wentz-Kaepernick. I just over-tinkered, so, you know, lost out on a cool 50 bucks there, so thanks for thanks for that, Colin Kaepernick. Thanks for nothing, <laughs> um, but I'll be replacing him with somebody else uh, yeah. because I just can't own that turd on my roster any longer here. I'll stop I'll stop on the Kaepernick. I think everyone's been doing that for the last <laughs> we couple got the, days. We got the idea. Yeah, you guys get the idea. <laughs> all right, uh, Paxton Lynch, he started Sunday against the Jaguars. Trevor Simeon has shed his walking boots, so, uh, I mean, there's that going on. But overall, this week, you're not really looking for stream options. Most of these guys are two quarterback updates, but all your quarterbacks, you know, your you know, the top 10, top 15 guys, they're all in action. Some of them, like James Winston, for example, has a superb matchup against the Saints. So chances are you're not streaming somebody, but we want to just get your... Uh,
1: Quarterback uh, updates there essentially, you know? Yeah, exactly. I mean <laughs> Paxton Lynch, man.
2: Yeah uh, Even against the Jaguars, you know, just not not a whole lot to I mean uh, really get excited
1: about there Yeah, did you note know that uh Simeon has shed the locking boot? They're gonna walk, look at him day by day mm-hmm. uh, this week I, I'd still like say I'd still kind of be surprised if Simeon does play so yeah I That's, mean
2: if you're in a 14 team two quarterback league. Yeah, uh, the Simeon Lynch you know, okay. So you know the teams in the league. You take out Simeon, you take out Lynch, you take out Gabbard, and you probably take out Bryce Petty. Maybe you use Bryce Petty if you know you got a really
1: terrible matchup. But uh- I mean, he is Petty's going against the 49ers as you mentioned so 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 he's actually so
2: he's actually in play in a 14 team two quarterback league those other guys probably not those are some of the ones you throw out exactly Uh, so something to keep in mind moving forward i mean jared goff might be another one that gets tossed out there so i mean but most of your guys everybody's in action you want to get those so let's let's move on from quarterbacks eric and uh discuss the running back position last week dvr and i discussed derrick henry we talked about kenneth dixon we talked about denard robinson who carried the ball 17 times sunday didn't really do anything like that and uh he merge with an injury you noted
1: yeah he has a high ankle sprain so yeah they, uh, that they're kind of uh bulky at running back i mean at least uh you know isn't chris ivory healthy um oh no it's tj yeldon, it's T. Healthy. yeldon and healthy. Ivory, he's,
2: he's just no good oh um, uh, man chris ivory was ruled out with a hamstring injury you're gonna have to watch yes. his practice participation uh, i mean no no jaguars back or running back is
1: uh you know, startable if you're in the fan. Considering Here's- the, considering the two injuries though, mm-hmm. like you have to expect Yeldon is going to get all the work this yeah. week.
2: And he might even be available. You never yeah. really know there. Uh, I mean, except week 14, the Jags have the Minnesota Vikings. Tough. They've got the Texans, the, uh, the Titans and the Colts here. So really I'm not, Going after any of these guys. Um, if I mean, if you've been starting any of these guys, chances are you're not in the
1: fantasy playoffs here, so we can probably move on. I would say uh when it comes to if you're still in play in week 17, maybe Yeldon and, mm-hmm. and those two running backs are still injured, Yeldon would be a decent option against Indy, but you know, the next few weeks are just going to be too tough to trust in the Jacksonville running back situation.
2: Absolutely. One guy I do want to talk about, though, uh, well, th- First off, just a little bit of housekeeping, Capri Bibbs, he's got an ankle injury, he's on the IR, fortunately we were never too high on him in this podcast, uh, Devontae Booker's still the man in Denver, but the uh, Broncos uh, have brought in Justin Forsett, and I mean, Justin Forsett, a veteran guy, brings some experience, I mean, Devontae Booker hasn't exactly been you know, a staple of a consistent running back in the league, is there any chance Forsett works his way into the mix?
1: I mean, we haven't seen it at his previous stops, right? Like, he hasn't been able to make inroads in, where was he, uh, Detroit? Uh yeah. Baltimore, did he start the year? Yeah, he was starting the year there. Wasn't he in Chicago, too?
2: Was um, he also in Chicago? I don't know if the Bears picked him up for a little while. I mean, that, that's a <laughs> I mean, messy, messy he, game logger.
1: He He's just been, like, in every situation this year, he's thoroughly unimpressed. Mm-hmm. I, I would just say roll with Devontae Booker if you have him and need to actually, you know, roll with him.
2: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I mean, uh, so so the Broncos' rest-of-season schedule at Tennessee, home against New England at Kansas City, finishing at home against Oakland, who, I mean, Oakland gives up the fifth-most fantasy points to opposing running backs, so maybe yeah. something to consider. But I'm not rushing running out to pick up Justin Forsett. One guy I might pick up, though, is uh, the Vulture King, Mike Gillisley. Eight carries, 49 yards, two touch- rushing touchdowns this week. Uh, I mean, If Mike Jillisley continues to vulture this stuff from uh, LaShawn McCoy, maybe both backs are in play. Maybe Jillisley's in play.
1: Yeah, I I would definitely say so. Um, I mean, prior to him, you know, sitting out in week uh, 12, he actually was, you know, pretty, like, he was still getting all these touchdowns. He had four touchdowns in six games. Mm -hmm. He surpassed 50 yards in two of three games, or three of five games, actually. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, he was actually, you know, producing consistently. uh, Yeah. Like, he, I know. I know. There. I know. Buffalo is kind of running this. Uh, you know, classic. You know, run first offense right now. Exactly. So uh, both running backs, I think, are going to get a decent amount of work.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, who do you have more resentment for this year as a fantasy owner, Mike Gillisley or John Coon, in terms of va- <laughs> touchdown vulturing?
1: I mean, uh, uh, unfortunately, I don't have Lashawn McCoy or you know the Mark mm-hmm. Ingram Tim Howard. I've got, I've got uh, Mark situation. Ingram in our
2: stake league, yeah. and
1: I've wanted to. Put my foot through the TV (laughs) on account of John Kuhn this year. More so it's like, uh, you know, I I have a lot of shares in like the New Orleans wideout situation, so when they get down to the red zone, you know, you're just waiting for Willie Sneed or Brandon Cooks to get in the end zone and then it ends up being John Coon. Oh,
2: We're (laughs) going to get Coon on the check down. Fantastic, Sean Payton. But I mean, I don't know, he's a folk here in Wisconsin, so it's really hard to hate him. Exactly, yeah, I do second that, you know, it is tough, but now we've got a new one, uh, Aaron Ripkowski. Yeah. So I can't wait to see some Ripkowski jerseys at Lambeau Field. Yeah. Paul Perkins this week outperformed Rashad Jennings on the ground. He was 7- for 38 that's a 5.4 yards per carry Rashad Jennings just six for 19 3.2 yards per carry but it was Rashad Jennings that caught the passing touchdown with Perkins not targeted is it even worth trying to predict what Ben McAdoo's going to do week to week I
1: don't know I like personally I have to like ride Rashad Jennings wherever I have him so mm-hmm. I kind of hope he you know keeps getting you know <laughs> I mean, is if you're going to consistent touches, yeah, out, I don't know. If
2: you're going to ride Rashad Jennings, is it worth it to maybe shift and look at a guy like Christine Michael of the Packers? I know yeah. we mentioned him in before. We mentioned him in the show before. It's taken him a while to catch on, but he had a team high nine carries a Sunday against the Texans. Of course, only produced 19 yards. But James Starks isn't really getting it done, and I think that might open the door for someone like Christine Michael, or maybe they turn back to Ty Montgomery.
1: Yeah, it's it's hard to say if uh, you know James Starks actually came back too soon from his knee injury, but he's only, in four games, he only has 100 yards and 37 rushes, 2.7 yards per carry. That's pretty sour. <laughs> How did the snap count break, out, uh, break down among running backs? Yeah, actually, uh, so it was kind of surprising. I mean, Ty Montgomery's you know in the hybrid role, wide out, running back, 29 out of 58 offensive snaps, so 50% exactly. Then it was actually Aaron Rupkowski, the the uh, the he had the most snaps out of true running backs i mean he mm-hmm. is a fullback but yeah. he had 24 mm-hmm. then 11 for michael christine michael 7 for james starks
2: basically if michael was in the game he was getting the ball
1: yeah exactly and he wasn't the
2: most productive but i think uh you know maybe the slick weather conditions could have something to do with it and at least the way the trajectory is going Michael might have surpassed James Stark so I mean if you had to own Michael or Stark's moving forward who's on your roster I
1: mean Chrisy Michael wasn't he the best running back the Seahawks had this year until CJ Proce actually broke out mm-hmm. yeah uh, I mean- so I mean I think they're just kind of easing him into the system and they're going to unleash him eventually I'm kind of hoping it's this week yeah. so you get like uh, you get a decent three or four game run you know during the playoffs here mm-hmm. riding him
2: Yeah, I wouldn't mind them saving the Thai Montgomery packages for the postseason. Yeah, if we make it, of course. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Yeah, they do have to go on a run. But if they do get to the postseason using Montgomery in unique packages, that's maybe something where you don't want to show your hand this early in the season and you want to continue there. All right, a couple other housekeeping notes. Zach Zenner had a team-high nine carries against New Orleans. I mean... uh, uh, I'm gonna write that off as game flow. The, the Lions, of course, Drew Brees threw three picks in that game, so they were the Lions were well ahead for most of the game and got to r- hand the ball off a lot, especially in the second half. Here, how did the offensive so, yeah. snaps break down there in Detroit?
1: I was gonna say, look, unlike the Packers, uh, who don't always have a running back in the backfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, The Lions always do. So out of their 70 offensive snaps this past weekend, Riddick still led the way with 33. Then it was 23 for Dwayne Washington 14 for Zenner. Yes, he did get most of the carries. Zenner did. Mm -hmm. But, like, you know... Chrisy Michael, he was getting the ball when he was, he was in the in, game.
2: if he was in, he was getting the ball and 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 not all that productive with it, you know, just like Michael
1: yeah, and and Riddick is such a dual threat that I would just keep riding him,
2: yeah, Riddick's the guy I don't consider sitting Riddick, I'm just looking for like a fill in if you got right. get four or five right. points, but again, if you're in that position where you got to scramble now you're probably not in the playoffs anyway, <laughs> again, these are mostly yeah. housekeeping things, last housekeeping thing I mean Rex Burkhead could be in play, I don't know, probably not, Jeremy Hill had. Twenty-three carries for thirty-three yards. I think was the final stat line there. So Jeremy Hill's getting all the touches. He's just not doing much with this opportunity. Does that open the I mean, door for Burkhead
1: at any point? I think uh, I think Burkhead can be viable just because uh, you know before Giovanni Bernard went down, mm-hmm. uh, they were they were utilizing a two running back backfield, and I think they're going to keep doing the same thing. And Burkhead does have pass catching chops. He's caught six or seven targets for forty-seven yards over the last two. Mm-hmm. So at least in PPR formats, I think he's somebody you can consider uh he might be a little more bulky though and you yeah. know standard
2: yeah at least burke had targeted a season high five times yeah. against the eagles and who knows maybe if the the Bengals go way up on the browns this week they try to save jeremy hill a little bit and use burke had a little bit more that's an option it's a favorable rest of the season schedule for backs in cincinnati because they go uh at cleveland and then they host pittsburgh who's given up some and mm-hmm. then i mean then they go to houston and host baltimore so those are a little bit rougher but um
1: yeah, I would, I would say the next two weeks at the very least, you can probably get something out of Burkhead.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, if, yeah, if you need five or six points in a PPR format, maybe you're in a 16-teamer and you've always been rotating around that second <laughs> running back, mm-hmm. he could be your man. I guess there's a chance there. Let's shift gears a little bit though, Eric, and uh, go to the wide receiver department. Last week DVR and I talked about Tyreek Hill. He's still in play. We talked about the Marquez Wilson situation. Left with a groin injury, he's probably no longer in play and moving to the drops candidates list we talked about Malcolm Mitchell we talked about Dontrell and Mon. all of those guys are worth rostering but one guy we talked about that I do want to rehash is Taylor Gabriel of the Atlanta Falcons that's because uh, the situation there is uh, the injury situation it's uh it's it's a little bit dicey this is one where you're going to want to watch the practice participation of these wide receivers because both Julio Jones and Muhammad Sanu are a little bit banged up
1: yeah so I mean Julio Jones always seems to ha- seems to have like some type of lower body injury yeah, this time some type so, of foot the, thing yeah. this time is this time it's a turf toe but he usually plays through it and you know fares okay Mm
2: -hmm. turf toe is is scary when you hear about it because there are guys that are just completely shut down because of turf toe there's really no treatment for turf toe outside of cutting it off and
1: i you know i don't really advise (laughs) doing that Um, but yeah also muhammad sanu he got a or picked up a groin injury this past weekend mm -hmm. but I, i think you've seen in the past two games that gabriel has been he's proven himself as both a receiver and a rusher he had t- didn't he have a rushing touchdown against the cardinals I, I believe two weeks ago is it was that the case he mm-hmm. had he had two lengthy touchdowns yeah
2: he did have a rushing touchdown uh or i'm sorry uh yeah a rushing touchdown against the buccaneers in week Nine. Oh,
1: it was buccaneers yep. yeah, yeah that's in, right
2: in his last uh f- let's see in his last five weeks he scored four touchdowns so i mean Gabriel's got to be in play now. Is yes. if Sanu is the, See, I last week I was skeptical on Gabriel because um, because uh, I just think that Julio Jones is the main man, and when you need to move the chains, Sanu's the guy. And like I felt like opposing teams are going to be able to defend Gabriel because he scored in the same play twice in yeah. that matchup against the Cardinals. Now. He's going to have a chance to move up the depth chart because a lot of these guys are not at 100 percent. Julio Jones could be an injury aggravation risk. Muhammad Sanu, who knows what you're going to get out of him. So I think Gabriel becomes a viable start candidate in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I know you mentioned Aldrick Robinson here, but mm-hmm. I don't think he's had any more than two catches in any given game this season. He's just not mm-hmm. somebody that I would consider at all.
2: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I mean, there's just guys like Malcolm Mitchell and Dontrell Inman. We're mm-hmm. just real quick. I mean, Inman scored last week. Uh, Tyrell Williams kind of has that. Uh, a torn labrum in his shoulder that he's playing through, so Inman is still always going to be in play there. I also think Malcolm Mitchell is going to continue to be in play uh, with Rob Gronkowski out, especially in terms of red zone targets. So those guys are going to be. Uh,
1: um, yeah, if you, if you if you have Martellus Bennett and you're hoping that you know he's kind of kind of step out into the Rob Gronkowski role, I don't know if it's actually going to happen. It's going to yeah. be, uh, it's going to be really the game plan that Josh McDaniels you know puts together that week when Martellus Bennett actually. You know, does strike, whereas I think Malcolm Mitchell is going to be consistent the, the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It so. looks like the Patriots actually hit on a wide receiver for once.
2: Yeah, I mean, one <laughs> of those guys, Chris Hogan scored a touchdown in that game. I mean, the Belichick game plan's always a little bit weird, so uh, who knows what's going on there. Um, let's see. One more receiver, honorable mention, I suppose, because Marcus Wilson left with that groin injury after just one target, and because this week Elshon <laughs> Jeffries back from, sus- I mean, after this week Elshon Jeffries still suspended, he'll be Back next week, but Joshua Bellamy led the way with uh, four catches for 93 yards on six targets in the snow Sunday. If you need a real deep flyer, maybe I mean, but I still don't put him as any higher than I guess a wide receiver five or six. You know, so it's maybe not someone you're starting in the playoffs,
1: but there's a chance. Yeah, so I, I mean, they they are running seemingly a lot of three wide receiver sets. Mm-hmm. I mean, Daniel Brown is getting a lot of snaps the last few weeks. Josh Bellamy and Cameron Meredith. Mm-hmm. Um, If Marcus Wilson is down, I think that just obviously helps Bellamy, you know, sustain that target count that he's got recently.
2: Exactly. So if you're a Jeffrey owner that had to start Cameron Meredith and then had to start Marquez Wilson and now are picking him up and looking for someone to start, I guess Bellamy's next in that line of losers, I suppose. Sure. But uh it, it's, it is feel great about it.
1: Yeah, it's kind of hard to predict, though, like which of the guys is actually going to strike. Uh, I mean, is it going to be Meredith, Daniel Brown, Bellamy? Mm-hmm. If Marcus Wilson is back healthy, who knows?
2: And also it has to do with the level of faith that you have in Matt Barkley, sure. so that'll be interesting. At the very At least Bears won't be in a snowstorm this week. They will be at Detroit where uh, they will be in the friendly home or uh, I guess road confines, dome confines of Fort Field. So something to think about there. Let's move on to tight ends where you got the biggest unsustainability candidates potentially. We talked about Dwayne Allen already. I mean, three first-half touchdowns. I guess you go pick him back up. He's been a little bit productive, but I'm not really – my expectations aren't all that high for him. Another guy that I like to talk about, Dennis Pitt, 9-for-90 nine and two scores. Uh, but with both of these guys, I mean, how often can you really count on that production in the fantasy playoffs?
1: Yeah, I mean, Dennis Pitta, the, these were his first touchdowns of the season, and he's only actually surpassed five uh, fa- standard fantasy points, that is, in is, three times in 12 games. Mm-hmm. I don't really think you can re- rely on him in a – Mm-hmm. I, I mean, not definitely a twelve-team league. You're going to have to be in a fourteen-team or deeper to actually trot him out there. Yeah, absolutely.
2: And I guess you can pick Dwayne Allen back up because he took a front seat to Jack Doyle, but Jack Doyle's still there. I do he like still could threaten.
1: I, I I I do like the fact that I I think Dwayne, now that now that Dwayne Allen is actually healthy. He's proven that he's you know, kind of back. He's got 9 of 10 targets the last two games. Mm-hmm. So he is like gathering in, everything coming his way. If he's targeting the red zone, mm-hmm. he could very well score.
2: Yeah, definitely a big body that helps there. I mean, Dwayne Allen, back in the Colby Fleener days, was always thought of as more the blocking guy, but he's yeah. getting the red zone looks here. But, I mean, there's Dwayne Allen. You could always go to someone like Cameron Braid, who might be available in shallower formats, yeah. had a decent game. But then there's Ladarius Green, and he's looking like a guy. Eric, I know you and I were both really high on Ladarius Green moving forward. We advocated not essentially punting tight ends so we could go and get Ladarius Green early. Now, that was before the injury situation kind of derailed the whole start to Ladarius Green season. But now that he's back... And he's looking healthy. He's obviously surpassed the outlaw Jesse James on the depth chart, and he's looking like a guy uh, that Ben Roethlisberger is liking to throw the ball to. I mean, last time I checked, he had about twenty five percent availability, so there's a good chance
1: he's still out there. Is he someone you pick up to carry? You? Uh, yes. I mean, I now that now that. Uh... Okay, so outside of Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell, like who's actually impressed in the receiving department this year? Yeah. Uh, Eli Rogers a little bit.
2: Sammy Coates but, went healthy a little bit, maybe, but.
1: Yeah, exactly. But Sammy Coates hasn't had a catch in five games, I believe. Yeah. Six games, something like that. Yeah, you can't rely and, on
2: those guys. I think with Darius Green, you can.
1: Yeah, and Darius Hayward Bay has, you know, missed the last four games with a sprained foot. Uh, Kobe Hamilton is getting a few targets per week, but, you know, it's just not enough. So after Brown and Bell, I think Green is, I, I mean, with all the attention that is drawn their way, Green is definitely, now that he's healthy and past ankle injury, I think, yeah, you can definitely say he's probably a top 10 tight end right now, right? Yeah. Uh, With how would, much mm-hmm. Roethlisberger is going to throw.
2: Yeah, I would absolutely give him some love in uh, that scenario here. Our Kevin Payne says bid 20 to $30 on him wow. if you have it left. Go for twenty, it, right? yeah,
1: tw- I would say, yeah, twenty to thirty. Well, well, I mean, if you only have like fifteen bucks left, you might yeah, as well yeah, throw it all at him. Yeah,
2: all of it, but <laughs> this goes. We're going to circle full all the way back to our theme from the start of the show. It's that you cannot take it with you. So go ahead yeah. and spend that waiver wire money if you have it, because you can't take it with you. And and uh, Green is someone that uh, you can definitely go with, and hopefully profit a little bit off of in the playoffs here. Streaming defense options, real quick before <laughs> we wrap things up. The question we always like to ask, Eric, who's got the Browns this week? It is
1: the Bengals who uh, might have some decent availability. Yeah, I yeah. would say so. And mm-hmm. Vonta's perfect has just been a tackle monster recently. Exactly. So, right. I mean, that doesn't necessarily equate to you know fantasy points unless you're in an IDP league. But mm-hmm. yeah,
2: yeah, something to watch for we'll there. See. Yeah, I mean, perfect Ber- being as you know as dirty of a player as he is, he's still an impact player, and nobody yeah. can deny that. Yeah. Um, a couple others to consider. The Lions have the Bears at home. I mean maybe go after Detroit because of Matt Barkley, but... Jordan Howard and Matt Barkley have seemed to uh, carry the Bears somewhat decently over the last uh, couple of games here, so it's not yeah. like the Bears are a complete shut in or anything like that. Uh, they might give they might, they might score some points on the Lions, but a young quarterback like Barkley could be turnover prone. So I guess they're in play as well. Uh, then there's this Jets San Francisco game that's a little bit interesting. I mean, this is just like a, the epitome easy... of bad. This is you know this yeah. if you can sum up the why maybe the NFL ratings are down this year. It's, it's games like this, you know, non-competitive, non-interesting, non competitive, non interesting, non intriguing between two non-playoff teams
1: competing for a better draft pick. I mean, honestly, I think this game could be fairly entertaining just because like the defenses are so bad that mm-hmm. you, you know, you, it might just be like a back and forth mm-hmm. shootout. Yeah, but you're going to see Bryce Petty against Blaine yes. Gabbert. But, yes, there are, I think there's going to be a lot of turnovers, too. So, I mean, yes, good. it's a good point to bring them up because there could be defensive scores.
2: Yeah, yeah, and if you're streaming, someone to consider here. I think I landed on the Baltimore Ravens picking them up on the waiver wire recently in some leagues. I think yeah. my streaming days are done. I'm going to stick to them almost regardless of matchup moving forward. Uh, but, you know, if you're streaming and you need someone, I think they're not bad. I guess also the Falcons, they're on the road, but they get Jared Goff, who's been hit or miss. I mean, the, I watched the, Jared Goff, Goff uh, try to run a play-action pass with an empty backfield last week so I mean you got that going for him that actually happened. Yeah, he whiffed on a handoff I mean, when there was no one
1: there. Oh my god,
2: uh, that's is. <laughs> yeah, way to go, Coach Fisher, getting your boys ready to play. But yeah, uh, he,
1: that this comes on the heels of Jeff Fisher's extension,
2: contract extension. Here, can you so. believe this? Yeah, I know. I, that, I was, I was like, wait a minute. I thought, I thought someone was joking when I saw that headline. I'm like, wait, that's a real thing? No, someone's messing with me because he's probably going to get fired. Nope, not the case. Jeff Fisher era keeps going in L.A. and Jared Goff is going to see if we can take
1: them. To Welcome pay- back to the NFL, yeah, L.A. Like yeah. you get the most uninspiring team
2: yeah that's a that's a brutal <laughs> pill to swallow there if you're a rams fan but hopefully you can get pick a streaming defense candidate out of that here that's going to wrap things up for today's episode of the rotowire fantasy football podcast also don't forget to check out rotowire free for 10 days by going to rotowire.com slash pod that's rotowire.com slash pod once again i'm jake latarski you can find me on twitter at jakeski 52
1: yeah, over here, I'm Eric Aturi, and you can find me on Twitter at ETCAT30.
2: The RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast will return Wednesday with Mario and John.